Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 160. I cannot tell you how excited I am for all of us this week as we take our journey toward the fullness of time. This week, we're going to begin to really count down the clock for when Jesus came and all the things that God readied the world for in order for Jesus to come and the world to be ready for him. That is the world that God had prepared. You see, 400 years is a special time somehow in God's economy. I don't understand it all, but I do know this, that twice in world history that is recorded in the Bible. We don't know how many other times, but recorded in the Bible. God told Abraham, you will go into a a land where you will be a foreigner and a stranger, and it will last for 400 years. And after 400 years of really not hearing my voice and getting a fresh word from me, then I'm going to send a deliverer and bring you back out again into this land, into the place and into the country that I chose for you, that I promised to you. And so God allowed the people to go into the land of Egypt. It all started out good, and then it went into bondage because there arose a person in leadership who did not know God, who did not know Joseph, who did not know the power of God, and the people strayed. But after a while of being in bondage, they began to cry out to God. And when the cry came before the face of God, God saw their affliction, he heard their cry, and he sent a deliverer. Well, as you know, when I left the last time and the last podcast, we were in exile. And the temple had been dedicated in 516 B.C. The Persians were now in control. And remember, we're talking about the fullness of time. When the time was right, when God got everything ready, he sent his son to redeem us from our sins. And so the Bible says that God had to get the world ready. Well, how did he do that? First of all, he did it through the scattering of his people, the Jews, all over the earth. You see, there was not a place where the Jews were not. God had scattered the northern ten tribes, and then he took Judah into exile, and they were scattered as well. Yes, they were in a primary place in Babylon, in the Mesopotamia Valley, but they were scattered all over the earth. We know that because of the rest of the story that's told to us in the New Testament. Now, it's interesting that when they were taken into captivity, as you'll recall, in 586, the temple was destroyed that Solomon had built. And so the people were without a central worship system or anything that could bring them together on a regular basis where the people would come to one spot at least three times a year as mandated in the Torah. And so the people formulated in their own communities a place where they could get together, where they could talk about how times were, they could keep their families together, keep up with everyone, and they could, the best they could, teach one another the law. 
Well, this is where the synagogue system was started. It was first called Beit Knesset, the house of assembly. That's the Hebrew word, Beit, for house. Knesset's the word for assembly. Beit Knesset is the way that it was expressed. And in every village and in every hamlet and in every area of every city where Jews were, they gathered together as families and they would collectively remember all that God had done. Well, when Ezra came along, and this is what most of the research will tell you, that everything is traced back to the time of Ezra for organizing because he did not want to happen what had happened that sent them into exile. He felt like the people had gone astray because they had, yes, their own hearts were wicked, but they had neglected to be taught the Word of God in a systematic way. And so Ezra set aside something that is still practiced today. It was practiced during the time of Jesus, and it was was the reading through of the law of God every year. Then it became every three years, but they would read through the law of God so they would never forget it. And that's the way that we do it. We practice reading. And so they would come together in the synagogues and throughout the week, they would read separately in their homes and so forth. They would read a portion of the Torah called Parashah. And that Parashah was designated by Ezra and then the elders that followed. All the people would read it at home, and then they would come together, and they would read it and chant it in the synagogue so it would become, or the Beit Knesset, so it would become a part of their life at these gathering places. As you know, there came a time when Judaism was outlawed, and so they began to read parts of the Nevi'im, or the prophets. Remember, there are three parts to the Jewish Bible, to the Hebrew Bible. There's the law, the prophets, and the writings. There's the Torah, and the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim, the writings. And so out of the Nevi'im, and sometimes the Ketuvim, the writings, there would be also a portion that would go along with the Torah portion. It was called the Haftorah, and it was the part of the prophets that would somehow reference the Torah because the Torah was outlawed and reading of the Torah, and so they would get around that by reading the prophets, and they could say, no, we haven't read the Torah. But for instance, the book of Isaiah many times will reference the Torah. And so this is what they did. And so it came about that there was later on, then it was established that every week you would have a parasha, a reading from the Torah. Then you would have a reading from the prophets. This was done and was, by the time of Jesus, a set portion every week. It was like a Sunday school lesson where you read Scripture together and everybody was on the same page. Every Jew all over the world was reading the same Torah portion, then a portion out of the prophets. This is one of the things, just a sidelight, that's so amazing. God not only prepared the world and the synagogue system, the Beit Knesset that was later called the synagogue system in the time of the Greeks, and we'll get to that in a moment, but during this time also the Torah portions were laid out and God prepared the portions to be read just at the right time. Yes, he used Ezra and other human instruments to do this, sometimes men who were not that godly, but God uses all kinds of people. Now you say, what are you talking about? What well, do you remember? 
remember in the Gospel of Luke, for example, in chapter 4, where Jesus had been in the wilderness and he came into his own city of Nazareth, verses 14 and 15. And it was that great time when he came in and went into the synagogue in his hometown, the Beit Knesset of his home city of Nazareth. It was his custom to do that. He was a regular in the synagogue and he taught in the synagogues. He was a rabbi and they called him a rabbi. He was a teacher of the Jews. And so he went in and remember the Bible says in Luke chapter four that they handed him the scrolls and he read in the portion out of the book of Isaiah where it says, the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he talks about those who are blind, those who are bound, those who are in bondage, etc., those who are bruised. And then he said, I have come to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, that is a quote from the book of Isaiah, the Torah portion and the Haftorah for that day, reading from the prophets. And it referenced Leviticus 25, a portion of the Torah that talked about Jubilee. And he said, this day, this is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, it's amazing that the very Shabbat that Jesus went into that synagogue in Nazareth, it just happened to be the Torah portion that had to do with the Messiah and that he was the fulfillment of Jubilee in the book of Leviticus 25. Now, all of that was in the sovereign hand of God. You see, God not only prepared the world through the synagogue system, but he also prepared the Torah portions that would be read just the week that Jesus was there. You see, everywhere that Jesus went and he read the Torah portion, then he read the portion out of the Nevi'im or the Kethavim, out of the prophets or the writings. Then when he did that, it was right on time, the very portion that God wanted read. And Jesus could refer to himself and say, this is what this is talking about and explain it to the people just as Ezra had done, only in a divine way. Remember, this was teaching and preaching at its best. What we do in many of our churches today is nothing but glorified pablum. The Bible says that Ezra read the scriptures and he explained it to the people. As I preach around the country today, the one of the things that continually comes back to my ears is thank you for feeding us and teaching us the word of God and explaining it to us because all we guess Jesus saves. Now, if you're listening to me and you're a pastor, please hear me. Jesus does save and it's the greatest message and the greatest story that's ever been told about the greatest person who's ever lived on and on. But the fact is there's more to the Christian life than just get saved. And we need to understand that most of the time we are preaching to people that have heard the gospel a hundred times or a thousand times. What we need to do is not just feed them the milk of the word, that would be great, but feed them the meat of the word as well. And so getting back to what this podcast is all about, the fullness of time and God preparing the people for just the right time when Jesus would come and preparing the world for the coming of the Son of God, one of the primary ways during these 400 silent years, remember, in Egypt, 400 years, we don't read a word from God, then all of a sudden God shows up. Now, since the closing of the Tanakh and the Old Testament canon and the last prophet that prophesied, 400 years since Malachi, and all of a sudden God speaks to a priest, the father of John the Baptist in the temple. 
And so what I'm saying is there's something about that still that I don't understand, but I do know that when God was preparing the world, it was called the silent years for his great acts. But God was not inactive. God was moving because when God's silent doesn't mean that he's not active. He is. He's always moving. He's always acting. So God was preparing the world, and one of the ways that he did that was through the Beit Knesset. Now, the reason it's called the Sunagogos is because of the Greek language that we'll talk about in the next podcast. So the way today that I want you to understand that God was preparing the world in the fullness of time God sent forth his son was through the Beit Knesset. That is not a Levitical. That is not a prophetic institution. That is not mentioned in the writings. No, it is only in the intertestamental period, the silent years, that God brought about this preparation for the synagogue system, for the Beit Knesset system, the assembly system that would one day be a prime tool in God's toolbox to get the gospel out, not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. And so for On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.